Hello, Archetypal Tarot Podcast listeners. This is your host, Sundara Quackenbush, and I have the joy to welcome Vicky Iskander today uh, with her newly released deck, the Chinese Five Elements Oracle. Uh, and I'm calling you in uh, at a very special time for this crossing over into the new year, this new 2024 that we're welcoming. So I think there's going to be a lot of wisdom here for the upcoming year, uh, reflecting on 2023, uh, and also starting a new cycle that we're going to learn all about. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you for having me. I'm just very happy to be here, feeling joyful today. Oh, that's great. Wonderful, wonderful. So I, I love to start with just the names and because and, I think that points to the, the heart of the deck um, oftentimes. So the Chinese five elements oracle uh, is really steeped and based in the five elements of Taoist origin. Uh, can you tell us about creating this oracle that is based in these five elements? Well, ever since I started going deeper into Chinese astrology, I always thought that the 60 pillars, which are the combinations of the five elements and the 12 animal signs, just would work very well as an oracle. Uh, most people are familiar with the 12 animal signs, but not many have heard about the 60 pillars or are familiar with the five elements. Um, and the thing is, the 60 pillars are used in the Chinese calendar to measure time. So... So, for example, we're in the year of the water rabbit, and today is an earth rabbit day. So today we have two rabbits in the day. Um, and each of these pillars contains so much energetic information that can provide us with insights and messages when we use them as a divination tool, just like the 64 hexagrams in the I Ching. So, and my hope when, you know, in creating this oracle is that one day, the 60 pillars will become as familiar to Chinese metaphysics enthusiasts as the I Ching hexagrams, since I just, the five elements and the animal sign are so much more approachable and relatable the way I see them. I, I'm really excited to learn about these 60 pillars and I have some questions. So, um, so I am the, I was born in 1984. So I am the, the wood rat. Oh, you're number one. <laughs> the number one. I was like, wow, I'm the first one in the deck, <laughs> which was really exciting. And then I was thinking, I was realizing that the, the year of the wood rat isn't going to happen again right? Mm -hmm. 60 until 60 years later. So yes. I'm wondering, is there something special about returning back to your year, your animal and elemental year? If, if you reach 60, I'm sure in, in ancient times, that was a big deal. <laughs> if you were, you must right. have the height of wisdom and health to make it to six, 60, I'm assuming. But um, yeah, what what is there something special about reaching your own year again? Well, you know, yeah, of course, and uh, definitely. And we reach the animal sign, you know, every 12 years, but then we only reach the complete pillar when we're 60. But even in every 12 years, it's very significant when we're when we're having an animal sign return, because that's usually a very life-changing year. But imagine when we're 60, when we're also encountering the same element and the same animal sign. So that's basically, you know, we'll have experienced life through all the 60 pillars. And it's usually major life changes. Uh, many people, of course, you know, when you're 60, many people will be re either they're retired or they're entering a new phase in their personal life or career. And also, you know, in Western astrology, it usually coincides with the with Saturn return. So it's a time that the universe may slow you down 
during the year just to give you space to think and to reflect basically and just you know think of what to do the next in the next few years or the next 20 30 you know 40 years oh great to know i got another saturn return like thing in the future <laughs> I survived the one in my 20s. Thank you very much. Um, exactly, right? <laughs> and, um, so, you know, I, I've been steeped in the Western astrology most of my life. Um, so it's it's really refreshing to kind of get this other take on the elements. And um, so, in you know, in Western astrology, it's this earth, air, fire, water thing. I'm a Gemini. I've always been thinking I'm about Gemini the oh, oh wow Gemini time and so the air the the mind you know all of that stuff um and then air is not you know literally named in in these five elements but we have uh wood and we have metal so I'm just curious and and then maybe you know water and the other familiar elements fire Maybe they're similar to the Western, but I'm just curious about the similarities and differences and, and how we can see and experience the elements in this uh, in the Eastern Taoist uh, way. Well, yeah, like you say, water, fire and earth in the Chinese five elements are pretty much the same elements as in the West. And I do see, though, that wood element often gets mistaken as earth element in the West, although they have opposing energies. So earth element has the downward grounding energy. It's literally soil, mud, and rock. So it's, you know, it's down. Uh, whereas wood has an upward, very dreamy energy. So wood is trees and flowers, you know, things that you look up and you're just, ah, you know, it's just beautiful stuff. Um, so so that, that created, and that's, I feel that that creates um, grounding issue for people who look at, well, when I see trees, I see wood. So I see it as like a source of creativity, but not a source of grounding. And I see earth as um, soil, literally, like things that we are standing on. So so I think that that opposing energies can be really interesting to just think about it, you know. And then metal is another element that's often, or I would say it's actually very much misunderstood, Um in the Chinese five elements theory, metal is the element that's produced by earth and metal does make up the core of our earth. Metal is also the element of spirit. And from what I've read, all the gold on earth originated in space from the debris of dead stars, which is amazing. <laughs> and since metal is, is associated with the lungs, I do see it as somewhat similar to air. But there's so much more to metal than that. And metals also, metal, both metal and water are the elements of communication. Uh, metals more like a, the way we speak, like, like metals, what we speak is a reflection, basically, like metals about reflection, whereas water itself is our thoughts. So it's a bit different. But in terms of metal, it's the element of mis mystery and reverence. And that's why it's, it, that's why, you know, metal itself is misunderstood because it is mystery. <laughs> Oh, mystery. Wow. Very, very interesting. And so, so the air is kind of tucked away into these, all the different, you know, these two different elements, um, separately. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so <laughs> we are entering, we were talking about wood, which was so interesting. You know, it's alive, it's beautiful, it's growing. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that, you know, the creative element, because I'm a wood rat. And, um, and then the year we're approaching, uh, here in 2024 is the wood dragon. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
there's so much to unpack here because I know it's not just a new lunar year, but we're going into a new cycle in 2024. Right. So I want to unpack all of these things in three phases. But first, let's talk about uh, let's talk about 2023 because it was um, it was a really big year, an intense year. Uh, we saw you know war, we saw all kinds of things going on, um, and uh, and 2023 Lunar New Year was the the water rabbit, mm-hmm. um, and and just kind of now that you've uh, live through this year, 2023. And, and from what you know about, uh, astrology and the water and the rabbit, uh, what, what can we learn through this imagery about what happened in 2023? What's your reflections on that? Well, there's, it's not, well, there's a lot of opposing things happening in the water rabbit. And that one thing is, is the Water is the element of fear. So there has been a lot of fear in the past four years since 2019, starting from the year of the pig, because the pig itself is a water sign. So we have the pig and then the rat, which is also a water sign. The ox is also, the ox is an earth sign, but there's it has it contains a lot of water. And then with after the ox, you know, we have water tiger. So water coming in very strong tiger year last year, and then water, and then now we're in the water rabbit. So, but then knowing that it, this is the last year of a 10 year cycle, we're at the tail end of this fear-based years. Mm. So that's something to look forward to. And um, in water for this year is by nature quiet and secretive. So there are many things, there are mysteries happening, you know, underneath the, the, the surface. So there are a lot of secret discussions or things behind the scene and we usually don't find out until everything is suddenly out in the open and we're seeing that you know with the war right everything just like you know it's just came out of the blue um and at the same time the rabbit itself is a highly creative yinwood sign so this is a year where it's really easy for creators and artists to get on a creative high so we see a lot of art thriving out there um not just not just independence art, but you know, also popular um, culture, you know, pop culture and all that. And it's also a peach blossom star, so which is a social star, and that's actually kind of a fun star. It's a star of attraction. So after a couple of years of limited social activities in the past two years, and this has been a year where a lot of us finally felt ready for large gatherings. It just is, so that's what's happening this year. Oh, definitely. I I just uh, went to a Queen concert last week, and that was just like the height of <laughs> thousands of people in one place. I was like, oh my god, it's so, it was amazing, rocked my world. Um, I really felt that too, like the creative aspect you're talking about. I started a Substack in early January. It just right off the bat in 2023, just got that going, and um, it's you know it flowed more than other other years when I've tried creative things, you know, it's just taken so long, but this year there was a blossoming, there was a flow to, uh, the, some of the creative and social pieces that just wanted to go out in the world. So I definitely felt that for 2023. And, and this is when your, your deck was published Yes, (laughs) (laughs) right here in October, um, October 10th. So, um, and it's just a glorious deck. And, and um, we're going to get back to, you know, looking at 2024 and the new cycle. But before we go there, I just want to uh, have a note here on the beautiful artwork 
uh, that is part of your deck. I'm, um, I picked a card for today. This is the earth, the earth rabbit. It's definitely Mm -hmm. speaking to me to slow down and be in harmony with the season today. Uh (laughs) I've been actually picking up fall leaves off the street and there's this little rabbit uh, uh, right, it's picking yeah. up a, a leaf. I'm glad you noticed that. I think the card speaks to people, you know, in different ways. So, <laughs> absolutely. And so, um, so you have a very gifted artist here that that's been able to collaborate uh, with you on this deck, Candice Soon. Uh, and I know she can't join us today, but um, what can you tell us about her, her her artwork, and your collaboration with her on this deck? Well, Candice is an amazing self-taught artist who grew up in Singapore. So we came from the same parts of the world. Well, I came from Indonesia and she's from Singapore. Um, so we we clicked on that, you know, we connected on that. And her artistic style is inspired by the places she's lived. So besides Singapore, she spent time in Okinawa, Japan, and she's now based in Hawaii, where it's just places where nature is very vibrant. And that's one thing I love about her art. It's just she has a very colorful palette and very whimsical approach to nature, which is one thing that I really wanted my deck to have. Just in you know, a kind of whimsical, kind of childlike, just innocent, basically and joyful for sure. So in many of these cards, I was inspired by the magical landscapes of China. And Candace is just amazing in translating my vision into the artwork. And I found that the more details I gave her in my art descriptions, the closer her first sketch would be to what I envisioned. So, so for each card, I would start with a general theme and a rough description of the pillar, which helped me visualize um, general image and mood of the card. Then I'd go deeper into the visual in my art description for the card. And often her first sketch would also give me ideas, more ideas and symbols to add. So for example, um, the wood dragon card originally didn't have the dragon holding the pearl of wisdom. But when the first sketch came, you know, with the with the dragon, just with the hands, just doing, just doing the, kind of like the force thing, you know, it's just screaming for a pearl to be included there. So I could feel that we were both tapping into the, uh, our ancestral wisdom. And that was really divine guidance in the collaboration between us. Oh, my God, that is such a... I love that synergy that is happening between you two. It really comes forth. These are just beautiful and powerful cards just to look at, hold, um, to draw on, just gorgeous. And um, and so <laughs> we've naturally introduced the wood dragon and <laughs> for our 2024 uh, part of the conversation. Um, so, <clears throat> so we've ended this water cycle. Is that right? All yes, we're ending it. Yeah. And we can feel that the wood dragon kind of the wood dragon um, energy is already coming in from last month, actually starting from last month. So so it's kind of like the water. Well, and then also the water rabbit actually is coming strong this time too. So it's right. that's kind of transitional energy. Yeah, so I can just imagine them kind of having a pool party together or something. You know, they're <laughs> they're they're, uh, they're saying, okay, this is what happened. This is what you're going to have to work on. Let me <laughs> right. pass this on. Here's the pearl of wisdom. You can have right. Um, <laughs> yeah, let me let me hand, let me handle all that fear, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of fear here. Um, can you please work some dragon magic on this? So right. the dragon, wow, I mean, it's the only um 
animal of the of the zodiac that is basically mythological you know that we're not seeing with our literal eyes and i know it's very precious and meaningful and and good positive energy uh coming from uh chinese mythology so uh tell us about the wood dragon in particular so so dragon years are always significant for sure. So in Chinese communities around the world, dragon years are the most popular years for mothers to give birth since luck, power, and success um, come naturally to those born the year of the dragon. Um, you know, think of 2000, right, in the millennium, um, and then 2012 with the Mayan calendar. And there's a lot of things going on in 2012 and 2000. Um, and Yangwood itself is the first of the 10 heavenly stems. So Youngwood itself indicates new beginnings and progress. So many of us will be planting new seeds in 2024 or entering a new phase. I mean, the world is entering a new cycle in the year of the wood dragon. So, um, and the wood dragon itself is such a formidable pillar because it represents, I mean, I, I call it, you know, you have the strength because I see Youngwood is just very strong and um, Youngwood here is, um, represent uh, well i chose the banyan tree here to symbolize young wood because that also represents strength and enlightenment also the spirituality of the dragon and um, um so the keywords for the wood dragon is a collective spirit power of community leadership and power the year of spiritual awakenings and of course new beginnings so just to give you an idea, since the pillars complete a cycle of 60, the last time we had a wood dragon year was in 1964, which is 60 years ago. And we could look into events of 1964 for a preview of 2024. Um, and in 64, we have a progress in civil rights movement. We had the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And then Martin Luther King Jr., himself actually born in a dragon year, he received the Nobel Prize in 1964. So I just feel, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of promising um, energies coming about peace in, in the drag in the wood dragon year. Uh, we'll also see many leaders emerge in 2024 because a lot of countries around the world are holding national elections, and a lot of the and some of these countries, you know, the presidents are going out. So it will be totally new leaders. And hopefully they'll represent the ideal Youngwood type of leadership, which is compassionate and um, benevolent. But also, it's also the nature of Youngwood to be divisive and polarizing. Like Youngwood, it's you know like a strong tree; it, it has beliefs. So so, and with so many national elections going on, a lot of we'll see a lot of citizens, you know, of nations divided over over politics basically so so that's one thing about the wood dragon um and yeah 2024 is a very special year not only because it's a dragon year and a new cycle of the elements but it's also the official start of a highly anticipated new era in chinese metaphysics that we call the age of nine which is a 20-year cycle and it's ruled by the fire trigram so fire trigram is associated with the heart and the light within and the middle sister, which in the modern world translates into just, you know, women with experience, <laughs> let's put it that way. And the, so the age of nine actually highlights the rise of feminine power after 20 years of 
useful masculine energy that's been happening since 2004 uh, in the age of eight, which is a period associated with knowledge and the little brother. So, so it's going to be very different in terms of energy um, in the past 20 years to the next 20 years. And we can expect to see more women taking leadership positions in their communities and professional circles. Um, also, we'll, we'll, we'll see a lot more of uh, light workers, you know, just, just people working from the heart. Um, in the past 20 years, during period eight, we witnessed rapid growth of digital technology, including, of course, social media. If you think about it, 20 years ago, we probably couldn't imagine meeting new friends through social media or like taking meetings you know, on Zoom. Uh, Facebook itself was created in 2004, which is when period eight started. And of course, the founder of, Star, uh, of Facebook completely personified the age of eight um, right. uh, archetype, basically. So yeah, so think about what could happen in the next 20 years. Because fire is the element that helps us raise our frequency. So fire is also the element that that's basically it's um, it crosses realms. So it will be easy to jump in and out of different realms in the next 20 years since fire trigram actually opens up other realms. So that includes artificial intelligence, the metaphors, and of course, the spiritual and ener energetic realm as we learn to tap, basically to tap into higher realms with our consciousness. Wow. Yeah. This is really exciting. <laughs> wow. What uh just the age of nine, just the sound of it just sounds uh it's really a powerful phrase and feeling that I'm just intuitively picking up on um what you're talking about. So excited to see how that manifests and um and back to the wood dragon that that you have the strength. Um the the wood dragon and you have the strength. The strength makes me think of the strength card of the typical tarot, I guess you might call it. The uh, mm -hmm. the Western, um, starting back in the Marseilles and earlier versions of the deck. Um, is there, and sometimes when I, I draw that strength card from the tarot, I think, oh my gosh, I'm getting the strength card because I'm going to need the strength. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's not just I used to think oh it means you know oh I'm strong or we're gonna be strong and then now when I pick the strength card I'm like oh man I'm drawing the strength card because I'm gonna need it for what well, you you but, have the strength you just have to get it out <laughs> oh there we go so I'm um but I feel this positive uh energy coming from the the dragon which is like okay you do have the strength you will need the strength but it's time to draw on it but it's it's maybe more of a yin yin focus right it's it, in this new age of nine so it's what, tell us about the nature of the strength that we're going to need well that strength will need to come from the heart and the heart is the the heart is the element i mean the heart is associated with fire element and joy is the emotion associated with fire element so so it's actually very critical that um, that we have the or we learn to cultivate the ability to shift into a state of joy in the next 20 years in the in the age of nine, because the age of nine is highlights joy, but it doesn't mean that joy will be easier to get. But it's basically the universe telling us that this joy is the key to raising our frequency. 
and our ways of life have changed quite drastically you know in the past few years and with so much going on it it does get harder and harder now to feel joy especially in the past four years with water element ruling um, the years and as the world gets more divided those who are able to cultivate inner joy will be the ones who keep moving up the path of joy and a lot of messages in the cards that's why I like I mean I like basically it's about stoking inner joy and um, we can cultivate inner joy by practicing gratitude and turning on joy triggers which are thoughts memories and you know just small little pleasures that bring you joy and gratitude something like remembering what brings you smiles every day just something little simple things as joy is our natural state and it's not it's not you know, I made some joy that <laughs> little pressure I mean right <laughs> so uh pouring myself another cup just to uh to just to remind myself of this joyful intention <laughs> right right and that's that's I love that I love how you call it joyful intention because yeah it's just that little things that add up to the day and um, joy is our natural state it's not spiritual bypassing at all because I just see light work actually as much harder than shadow work I think part of it is because we may feel guilty when we feel joy, like, you know, oh, we're not supposed to be joyful right now, you know, but. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's, that feels so big for me, right? There's so much uh, negativity and there's, there's react genuine reactions to the, the pain and suffering that's happening in the world. And so sometimes if you feel like you're showing up joyful, you're like, Oh my God, people are going to think I'm a jerk, a joyful jerk, you know? Right. right. But, but again, allow yourself to be kind of like a duck with the water falling off your your feathers you know um but in a way that's pure and and joyful and you know uh, uh acknowledging the water the depths of that water um but to float above it you know float on top of it be in touch with it but not uh drowned by uh the all of the stuff that's going on so right because I think that's, again, I mean, there's just, you know, I mean, a lot of things try, trying to pull us down in our frequency. And then it's much, it's actually much easier to lower frequency than elevating it. You know, just gravity works, you know, it's easier to fall down. And the lower the frequency is, the harder it is to get back up. So, so there with so much darkness already, we, we need to be light to others, or at least, you know, we need to, I mean, that to find that joy so we can serve as a light to others. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, that duck imagery has gotten me remembering that um, you have a beautiful um, interpretation to this deck, or maybe it's a return to the way the bird used to be represented in the, the Chinese mythology. So um, right. when my mom introduced me to uh, Chinese uh, lunar astrology as a kid, you know, it was always the rooster. And um, so I was just kind of always wondering about the rooster and uh, whether it's a sheep or a goat and all that stuff. But um, so, <laughs> but you have, um, you talk about maybe a, a interpretation of the character for. Mm -hmm. um, for the rooster. Yeah, but it, it's supposed to be more of like a, uh, it was like the common character for chicken. Yeah, so but it's not it, it, so it's not know. gender. Yeah, it was never gender specific. And oh, I see. Uh, yeah, 
That's why. And then the thing is with the rooster, or I call it the bird, it's a yin metal sign. And to me, calling something that's pure yin metal sign, which actually is very feminine, you know, it's the symbol of beauty, glamour, and charm. It just feels very wrong. And then the more I write about um, interpretations for the rooster, what at the time we were still calling the rooster, it just felt jarring. So I decided to call it either the chicken or the bird <laughs> but um just chicken just see that and it just doesn't have the same <laughs> kind of reverence right <laughs> so <laughs> so would it be fire chicken or firebird <laughs> so you know so and, right. and and the thing is with yin metal i just see you know the phoenix i mean i keep seeing the phoenix you know as um, one of the birds and i mean as, as one of the signs and the the and the phoenix in Chinese mythology is the celestial soulmate to the dragon. So, and 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 then, and then the rooster or the bird is also the secret friend or the soulmate to the dragon in Chinese astrology. So, I didn't know that. So to me, so instead of calling it the rooster or the chicken, and I just yeah decided to call it the bird. And I do I do look at the animal signs in the oracle more from their elements instead of instead of seeing them as an animal sign because I just feel people have you know people have biases towards certain animals like some people are afraid of snakes right or the rats so um and to me it just you know it doesn't represent it doesn't present I mean it, it's a little more judgmental basically to look at the animals as um as what what they are rather than the the, the pure elements that that they represent Right. And I, I find all these animals just super, even the snake. I mean, even the way the snake is drawn, it looks pretty friendly. <laughs> pretty right. We make it that way. Because <laughs> the snake is, the snake is also a very feminine sign right. and it's a fire sign. So it, it does need to have at least some kind of joy in it. So. Right. No, I, I just, uh, they're all very approachable and they do all seem to be beyond gender. Like the, the animals seem to be, they could be any gender, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there may be more yin and yang um, expressed in that particular animal and its element, but um, it, it seems like you can, in your imagination, you can access them beyond gender. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and some of them have the hidden opposite you know basically like the snake is a yin fire sign but it has a lot of hidden yang elements inside so so it's yeah it is i mean it's it's just a lot of well the more i think the more if you notice the snakes you know like all the patterns inside the snake can actually that that is kind of like a easter easter egg to like the hidden elements that it possesses so wow is uh i love this these um the description so when you when you pick a card and um or you do we're gonna talk about your beautiful spreads as well but um there's a kind of a general description that that grounds you into the animal and its element and then there's a message from heaven and a message from earth uh can you tell us about where these messages are are coming from from these two different places yeah, so the message, so the message from heaven and the message from earth are the shortcut, you know, if if you're if you're just you know, if you're pulling a card and you don't have time to read everything about the 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 description basically in the entry, um, you can just look at the message from heaven and message from earth. And I get the, those messages from the so from the heavenly stem for heaven. So basically if it says a message from heaven, let's say for the metal horse. 
So the message from heaven would be coming from young metal. Mm. And young metal is about, you know, in this one, I, I associate it with grief because metal is the element of grief. So this is a lot about working with grief. This is probably the uh, one of the one of the not so joyful, but you know, but the horse is a joyful sign. So basically just healing your grief will bring you joy. So message from earth is, is um, that's from the horse as the earthly stem. So that's where the messages come from. Wow. It got me thinking so much about, I love that image of the horse and the, the heart in there, but I was recently had an experience with my cat where it was really badly injured um and so it was a big crisis you know lots of fear and and expenses and stress to go patch the cat up at the hospital but but it opened up the whole process was somehow so like it opened up the heart it opened up my heart my husband and I taking care of this this basically you know stray cat that we love so much and we ended up just feeling so much more love towards each other, towards the cat, towards these professionals that were helping its life. And um, the, even though it was just this horrible situation that could, you know, it's full of grief and, and upset right. and stress and all of that, there was somehow all this love that opened up inside of that experience. And so I'm, I'm hoping, you know, and I feel like we learn so much through our animals, right? <laughs> but, you know, when I go through the experience of losing maybe my mom, you know, someone really, really important in my life, that I'll be able to open up to that. Uh, there is, you can tap into this beauty and uh, joy inside of what, what feels like hell, during mm -hmm. certain moments, but that there can be these divine messages and, and learning through those experiences. And I, I think that um, through these precious animals in your deck that we can, we can be working on that daily, right? We can be spending right. time with these animals, spending time with um, how this, how these translate into our lives. So just fantastic. So, so, so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And um, so let's talk about the spreads and how we can use these cards. So most popular thing with all the decks, it seems, is to be able to pick a card a day. It seems like these lend themselves really well to that. Um, quick question on that. Is every day assigned already one of these, you know, one of these animals and elements? So if we were to look that up somewhere, yeah, we yeah. would be able to draw on like connect with what um what the actual day animal is right right like like today is the earth rabbit day so the, there's already that energy of the day that's that's basically uh from the earth rabbit and of course if... wait 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 a second today is actually the earth rabbit day yeah <laughs> okay okay this is amazing because that is the card i drew like right, right well i thought you knew okay <laughs> no, I told. I looked up the year. I, oh my god, this is amazing! I looked up the year. You know, the wood dragon for twenty twenty four, water rabbit for twenty twenty three. But I didn't know that, and I this just totally came out of the deck. So that <laughs> no. is um. So that's another sign of connection that you have with the deck. You know, because a lot of time it's just yeah. I mean, it's interesting that how we connect with the deck is just you know some. I I notice some people have 
their year of um their year of birth you know the pillar just falls out from the deck you know jumps out or yeah amazing wow okay i got a great connection with this deck i'm gonna keep going but but the point is i guess you can you you can look up what the the actual um animal would be and you can draw randomly and maybe that tells you about your personal situation right right so so the one card spread is yeah like like the book mentioned is basically is great for daily guidance so you can pull a card or you can also meditate on a card you know pick a card that's the pillar of the day um and the nice thing about the oracle you know it gives us insights into a particular time and you know and, and I'm just really happy when I hear people have been using it that way too basically and um the in terms of just the you know just the one card spread, I just think it is the simplest, but it's also very telling and very on point when you pull a card, just because um, I think it's the nature of the Tao to be simple, yet also limitless. So just pulling a card can just tell you so much about, I mean, give you an answer, basically. And the thing is, you know, each each card already has the element and animal signs, so it tells us a lot already. So you have to, and especially the thing, the nice thing is the more you know about Chinese metaphysics, the more it will tell you. So so the more you use the Oracle and I'll start, you know, actually I have plans to offer workshops on Chinese astrology using the Oracle with Chinese astrology because that will reveal more and more about the messages. But even, you know, without any knowledge of Chinese astrology, it's already very insightful from the guidebook description. So... So that's the one card. And I also have the yin and yang spread, which actually can be trickier than it seems, you know, because it's not, I think, I don't know if you've tried that, but, you know, I think some people are not used to like flipping. <laughs> so. I, like that. I, I, I haven't tried it yet, but I'm really excited about the yin yang spread like that. You can go over and it's all detailed in your book. So I, I plan to play with that. But yeah, tell us more about the yin yang spread. Well, just remember when you're doing the spread, that is the nature of yin to transform into yang and vice versa. So the spread itself is symbolic of how we can be more aware of the yin side of us and bring more of it to light and how we can tone down um, the yang side of us and make it in more yin, basically. So so the, the yin card is something that you want to do more of. And then the yang card is something you want to do less of. <laughs> That's pretty much what the yin and yang yes. spread is. Oh, and, then... I, I, and you just brought me back to, you know, the yin yang symbol uh, as a child. I always, I always gravitated towards that. And I, I recently saw a child at the school that I work at also wearing um, the little half I used to have like the friendship necklace with, you know, you would have the the dark one, I'd have the light one or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And um and I it was just a symbol that spoke to me so much as a kid. And I'm I feel like I'm coming back full circle to it and and especially through uh reading your booklet and and uh, studying your cards so that uh, I, there's something in the yin yang that one that one becomes the other, the other becomes the one um that they, they hold the universe in such a special way that um, I think it can give really great perspective on, you know, when we are struck, when we're in a world of struggle and 
darkness and light battling the darkness and good and bad and evil and um, trying to make find our way through all of it. It just seems like it holds it all and that no matter what we do and we should try our best, right? We should try and step into consciousness and light and so forth. But that that darkness is there. That's part of us. It's part of the world around us. And that, mm-hmm. you know, the Taoist uh, approach of, you know, maybe th- at the end of the day, there's not a huge amount we can do, <laughs> you know, um, but that, you know, we try our best and we, we are aware and, and, and holding knowledge of these things, but it, it allows us to relax perhaps a little bit and step back, be a little more yin, be a little more accepting of the way things are in the world. Um, but, but, you know, people may retaliate against that. They may think, you know, no, then you're, you know, allowing bad things to happen. You're, you know, uh, if you're a pacifist, you know, the, you know, the, the wrong people get ahead. They, they take control, they take charge. So how can we find our way with this paradox of doing and, and being and, uh, living with the, the yin yang energy? So, well, I see it basically the Tao itself is about acknowledging that there is yin and yang, right? There's light, always light and shadow, and then we'll constantly get pulled into one direction. But I think the key is to be conscious of the center. So we know where our center is. And so, and because that piece is actually where the center is. Earth's element is the element at the center of the five elements. And the direction of earth is the center. And Earth is the element of peace. So, so basically, you know, it's just it will be easier to return to that center if you know where your center is. So, if you know, like, if some let, let's say, you know, we we see people getting really angry or fearful. I mean, that that's kind of the sign, right? They're already going into one side, and it's you know, if if they keep doing going that way without knowing where their center is, I think that's that can be dangerous, basically, because um, you know it will be harder to see the other side. When the, the further they get from one side, whereas when they're closer to the center, or at least where they know where their center is, they can see a little better from both sides. Um, and it's and I think there's a beautiful yeah. quote in your book about there's the darkness, there's the light, and then the the twilight is in between. So it, it sounds like what you're saying is to find that that twilight and uh, yeah, and and that comes in when you talk about the practice used to. Uh, before you even do the reading, right? Uh, there's a, a, a meditation and, and finding your balance before you draw a card. So I tried that today before I picked the card for today. And I actually picked the card for today. So <laughs> no, I, I'm really excited about that. But um, it, it's so important. And that that is a different approach than like, sometimes I've felt that I need to do a card reading when I'm feeling off balance. You know, I'm feeling something is bothering me. I need to, to draw a card. That may be true, but I think before you draw that card, uh, to find even just that moment of balance, um, you know, hearing the sounds around you, hearing something from nature. For me, it was the cozy fireplace here in the in the room. Um, and then I went, okay, this is the card. Um, so, uh, and there's one other spread uh, I wanted to make mention of. So you've got these really beautiful, simple uh, spreads, you know, the, the card a day, the the um, yin yang spread. And then I I think there could be some value though in this last spread. I think it's- The the flying star spread? Flying stars spread. 
so for looking maybe at the year, year ahead. So mm-hmm. uh, when many people hear this podcast, it'll be January, it'll be at the start of a new year. So this could be a time, you know, there's less sales going on in the stores and so forth. We could slow down a little bit and, and maybe do this nice, beautiful uh, spread of nine, it's nine cards, right? The, yeah, it's a nine card. And actually, I'm planning to do a workshop on it sometime early next year. Right. Um, since the nine card actually does take a while to digest. Um, I like using that for yeah, either a year ahead or a birthday card in a birthday spread, basically, to give you the, the your personal year ahead. So that's something and something I like to share more because it is actually a very complicated <laughs> card spread. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the simple ones, but your, your book says something wonderful, which is says that uh, the Tao is the paradox between simplicity and complex complexity. Yes. And I, I just love that so much because that pretty much sums up my life or what I'm attempting <laughs> to find in my life. It's like, okay, things are complex, but okay, I'm going to find a sense of simplicity within right. Like find simplicity in the complexity, <laughs> or you can make a, you can make or or you can make something complex out of something very simple, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So I just appreciated how your book just just put that in one line there. I was like, oh my god, that's it, that's it. So um, so this is great. So it sounds like you got a, a workshop on the horizon, um, and to do to do this amazing how to do the, such a complex spread. What what else is on your plate for the new year the new cycle uh what what's in the pipeline for you well right now i'm updating my offerings to include more one-on-one mentorship opportunities for the year ahead as well as yeah, doing more group workshops for next year that will integrate more chinese astrology and then i'm hoping also i can integrate feng shui into the you know with the oracle so just stay stay tuned um you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, X or TikTok at Five Elements Oracle um, for the latest updates. Oh my gosh, yes, we're gonna have to have you back because I want to know. Uh, yeah, we didn't even go down the whole I Ching route. You know, I always loved I Ching, and I'd love to. I, I feel like I'm getting some of that itch scratched through these cards, actually. So, but I know you know a lot about that, and then the feng shui element. Like, can we apply all this to our homes, our lives? Mm-hmm. Um, I just would love to to see what you're doing down the road and have you back. So thank you. I would love to be back. <laughs> that would be great. Wonderful, Vicky. Well, um, best of luck with everything. Have a happy, happy new year and uh, happy Lunar New Year and a great new cycle of nine. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> really enjoy this. Wonderful. See you next time.